and welcome. Raise your game today. I'm David Levin. This is our Friday episode, so we're talking all things inner game. Tuesdays are for sports and sports parenting. Fridays are for everyone. And it is Christmas week. My goodness, here we are, just a couple days away. It's lovely. Uh, no guests today. Thought I'd give them a break, but on the shows I listen to, I always miss it when they take a break. So I thought I'd just do this one myself, maybe the next one too, just so I don't leave you all by yourself over the holidays. So we'll start with ups and downs, what things were lifting me up this week and what things were pulling me down, making life harder. In the ups column for me this week, there's a lot of stuff because it's Christmas, right? Here's my favorite one. It's funny, but I love this kind of thing. So the story is I fixed our snowblower. <laughs> That's it. There's a big storm coming, you know, um, we're in the middle of it today. And this is actually even before that one. So anyway, it's first day out with the snowblower. I go out there, I'm all ready, and it's broken. The auger stopped turning. What are you going to do? I thought about taking it to the shop, um, but this time of year, they're going to be backed up, right? Be days, if I was lucky, no way to be ready in time. I'd be screwed, right? Can't do that. So I thought, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe I can do this. So I went online, searched around, found a little basic info on the model. I'm going to give this a shot. So I opened it up, took part of the housing off so I could see where the belts were. felt like a real mechanic. And uh, the funny thing is, I didn't actually find anything. The belts were fine. They were connecting as it seemed. But all of a sudden, it started to work. <laughs> and I thought, I fixed it. And I was just so excited. I would tell everybody, like, um, our kids, I probably told them several times that day. By the way, did I mention I fixed the snowblower today? It's such a funny thing. Felt like I'd earned some major man points with that. And just a little bit bigger picture just about me, I guess. But like, just nothing makes me happier than that. We're talking about what things lifted me up. Having a problem, you know, a small enough solvable problem that I can figure out and fix and improve, man, it just lights me up. I would do that all the time. At least I think I would. I love it so much. Okay, another one. Um, sort of Christmassy. The nature of our storm this week is where the snow is really heavy, wet snow, so it stuck to everything. So all the trees, you know, normally winter is pretty uh, depressing for me anyway, with all the trees just bare, just sticks everywhere, you know, just everything brown and blah. But the snow stuck to everything. All the branches were highlighted and freshly white, and it was just incredibly beautiful. Every time I'd go outside, I'd just be uh, you know, the word remarkable, if you take it literally, it's something worth remarking on. I, I couldn't help myself but say something. It's just like, it is strikingly beautiful out here. It's uh, just remarkable, <laughs> truly. And uh, especially like right near the end of the stretch, the weather stretch, we had a really sunny day too. So we had that perfect sky and the sparkly. It was just such a beautiful gift. It really was very rare. We had that kind of uh, perfect picturesque winter wonderland scene here in Viroqua. So that was lovely. Uh, another one that's surprising a little bit for me, I guess, because I don't watch that much sports, but I've started, maybe you heard an earlier episode, but I've started to watch the season because I found an app where I can stream. And uh, this day, the Vikings had, came back from 33-0 at halftime. And I didn't even know they were playing. Um, I, you know, I've got it in my mind there on Sunday. I was doing something on Saturday. I'm like, well, let me just see what time they play tomorrow. 
and uh, it, it really, they were in the middle of the game. They were near the end of the game. I turned the game on in overtime. It was already 36-36. And it, I found out later they'd come back from 33-0 at the halftime. It was an exciting ending. And they won it 39-36. Field goal the last four seconds. It was crazy. And apparently that was the largest comeback in NFL history. Oh, it was wild. So that was really, you know, pretty exciting and uplifting. Uh, and then, of course, there's all there's the Christmas stuff, right? I do like Christmas. I like getting the right gifts. I'm uh, super excited to get my gift this year. I, I know what it is, but um, I'm psyched about it. And that's all pretty fun. Starting to see them, you know, pile up under the tree and getting them wrapped and stuff. And that's lovely. One thing I did, I think, to mention, oh, it's not like this is something you don't know or would benefit from, but I get a kick out of it. In our family, when we're thinking about what kind of gifts to ask for, we have this model where it's basically, you know, it's something I'd really like to have, but it's a little too extravagant for me to get myself. Now, for Margaret and I, of course, we could buy it ourselves at any time, but we just feel a little funny, a little too, um, wasteful is not the right word, but just a little too fancy, a little too much, too extravagant, like I said, to get it for ourselves, but we really would like it. That's the perfect thing to ask for for Christmas. And it's the same thing with the kids. They couldn't normally buy it for themselves. So I guess Peter can now. He's got a job, but it's just a little too much, but he still really wants it. That works great. Those things feel like perfect gifts to ask for and to give. So that's my list of ups, very Christmassy. And uh, just even re repeating them to you makes me feel up again. I mean, really fun. For my down list, uh, I talked about how beautiful the weather is, but it is cold. And the storm today, I mean, it's nuts. Like I went out this morning to uh, snow blow. And at that point, it was zero uh, Fahrenheit, which is, I don't even know, Celsius. Super cold. And the wind was picking up. And as you look at the forecast for the day, it's gonna—it's only going down, right? Normally, of course, it gets warmer as the day comes in. But this particular forecast day, like in the afternoon, uh, and up, maybe by now even, it's supposed to be like 10 below, plus this crazy wind chill. That's nasty, right? That's like, I mean, I was telling Margaret today, and I'm not hardly even joking, it really felt like I was getting ready to go for a spacewalk to get out and uh, blow the snow. I got layer upon layer. I got, you know, two or three layers of gloves and three layers of hats and a mask over my face. You know, it's literally life-threatening at this cold. With the wind chill, it's like 40, 50 below. You, uh, you feel it as soon as you get out of the house. It's not just cold. It's the kind of cold that kicks in sort of your biological survival mechanism. You know, I really can't be out in this for very long or it, I won't make it back. It's that kind of unconscious fear <laughs> that comes from it. And of course, just the whole thing of the, the load of it. The reason I think about it, it's worth talking about in the context of being like a gravity factor, a high gravity factor, is that it's just hard. You know, it's hard getting in and out of the house. It's a mess. It's time consuming. It's bulky. It's uncomfortable. It's just it's an extra load on everything. I mean, there's some beauty in it, of course, but overall, I think it counts as a good gravity factor. Uh, another one, uh, I mentioned this earlier, but it's ongoing. It's just the whole struggle around the college applications and all that. Uh, there's just a lot to do. There's two weeks left. Um, it's just kind of this stress that's in the atmosphere around the house all the time. I'm always looking at Peter thinking, what are you working on now? I'm asking him, which of course, you know, annoys him. <laughs> but um, anyway, it's, it's, it's there for sure. Uh, 
the good news is, oh, also he got his second SAT scores back and they were disappointing, less than he'd hoped for. And that was really hard, really hard. Um, so it's just this thing in the house lately. But on the upside, there are only two or three weeks left. We'll be done with it. And I have to say, I've been super proud of him for his response to these disappointments and the stress. He's, he's keeping his focus pretty well. He's shaken off the disappointments. And uh, that's really just so gratifying as a parent. It's impressive and gives me a lot of hope, you know, obviously for him going forward. It's beautiful, but that's been a little bit hard. Last one, this is just me with a sort of a whiny customer service thing, but um, I tend for, for the families uh, that are away from us that I have to mail gifts to, uh, the last few years I've been doing Popcornopolis. It's just the most amazing popcorn. So, you know, I go and I just send them some these combo sets of uh, these yummy popcorns and they love them and they look forward to them. And it's been great all these years. Uh, Popcornopolis, you know, I just log in. I go look what I got last year. I order it again. I ship it off. It just takes a few minutes. It's really great for everyone. For some reason this year, it's like their system just imploded or something. Um, first, and I did do a little search online. Somebody bought them last year, some bigger company. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But anyway, first I go to the site. I can't get in. doesn't recognize my password. Password reset doesn't work. I'm not getting the notes from them. I send them two or three uh, emails, customer service emails over a couple of weeks. No reply. It's like just complete, you know, malfunction. <laughs> I can't think of the word. I can't say meltdown. That's not quite right. But they just, they just like disappeared. And then um, I go into the site one day because I keep trying. I keep thinking, well, something's reset or whatever. I go into the site and all of a sudden for like two days in the heat of Christmas season, their website just says down. Sorry, we'll be back you know, soon. But they didn't come back to them. It was a couple of days. And I was like, geez, this place is just uh, imploded. Um, I finally think I look around for other companies, popcorn, but it's just not good. And it's not, <laughs> it just keeps going on. Um, so the fight site finally comes back on. I go in there. Uh, all my favorites, uh, by, by, by the way, I can't get into my account. That's not there anymore. But I'm like, well, I'll just figure something out. I can remember. I'll send them, you know, something. Um, but for some reason, everything I've ordered for years, all of my favorites, they're not available. Like literally not even an option which is super weird. Um, I find some other thing, some kind of variation. Like, well, okay, maybe that's all right. And then I'm ready to order it. And the shipping is outrageous. The popcorn, the gift itself was maybe $50, you know. Uh, the shipping was going to be $35. And I know <laughs> we're, we're a little entitled with Amazon free shipping now, but $35 on a $50 gift and popcorn doesn't weigh that much. I was like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. So I ended up just figuring out something else. And it was just funny how, how much time I put into trying to figure that out. What's going on? I don't understand. Why can't I do what I've always done? Uh, so that really kind of weighed me for a couple of days. I'm overstating it a little bit, but I was crabby about it and getting kind of desperate with the you know, the dates coming up and all that. And by the way, the thing I ended up ordering, oh, I know what it was. I ended up going to Amazon and buying a Popcornopolis product, but it was not nearly what I would normally give. I'm a little worried it's a lame version and they're not going to get it until after Christmas. And that was the best I could come up with. Yikes. That was not good. I don't know what's going on with them, but 
Will I try it again next year? I probably will. Anyway, hopefully it'll be working by then. So those are my ups and downs. A little, uh, strikes me as a little petty now that I write them, but a lot of times that's the case with the downs, I guess. All right, next up, <laughs> the Razor Inner Game Weather Report. All right, the inner game weather report. So how's your inner gravity today? What does the coming week look like? Today, I'm pretty good, and I usually am. Uh, yeah, pretty good the last few days. The snow has been a thing, but uh, and I was out this morning shoveling snow. That's fine, feeling pretty good. Nothing, nothing to uh, note for the day coming up. It's Christmas, and it's feeling pretty good. All, almost all the shopping is done. This, most of the stress is pretty much managed and behind. Um, but again, I mentioned with the so, snow, it's just super cozy, picturesque, classic look, white Christmas. A lot of times we don't get white Christmases here. And this is like the perfect ultimate white Christmas. I mean, it couldn't be more picturesque, except for this nasty blizzard-like conditions today. But we're still three days out. Christmas itself should be lovely. So that's kind of nice. And also, you know, sort of fun. We're fortunate, of course, in working. The furnace is working. God help us if it wasn't. Uh, you know, that we're in no danger from the storm. we got a fireplace. All that's great. So that's nice. Sort of a fun disruption in some ways, as long as you can be safe with it. But again, it's that kind of cold where you think, I mean, I, I, I'm reminded that... Uh, Man, if there was anything wrong with the house or if the furnace broke, we'd be in serious trouble. But we're not, so it's all great. Um, it is true for me, and I imagine I'm not the only one, but as I look ahead and think about the week, the holidays, the meals, all that stuff, uh, it's a little hard to stay on track with food and exercise. And, of course, it's okay to relax a bit. It's the holiday and all that, but I'll keep an eye on that. So, basically, the weather report is fine. Today is perfectly good. The coming week, nothing really to watch out for. Just want to keep a little extra eye on the exercise and food. And that's that. So how about you? How are you feeling today? What do you expect in the coming week? Hope it's all good, but do think about that. And we'll move on to our top stories. All right, top stories. The big thing for me this week is the January 6th committee report coming out. Uh, that final hearing they had. Trump's tax returns are coming out. All that Trumpy crap again, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm so looking forward to the day. I hope I live to see the day where I'm not thinking about him and all this stuff again. But, and again, I'm sure you're right with me on this. I'm not saying anything original, but it just kills me. Um, especially think about the January 6th stuff. The systematic attempt to stop the peaceful transfer of power and remain in office. It's not really any question about what happened, right? And that's one beautiful thing about the report. I think they did a great job of making that clear and really it's unquestionable. Nevertheless, there are so many people that just dismiss it, right? Witch hunt that whole trope, weaponized Justice Department. Uh, none of it's true. It's all bad faith bullshit over and over and over. The tribalism. And it sort of breaks my heart. 
It really does. Um, also, the Trump stuff this week. Oh my God, this guy. The contrast between this ridiculous NFT thing, if you saw some of that. Um, and also, I don't think this got nearly that much attention. But a couple of days later, this absolute clear incitement to violence is crazy. So the NFT thing is this super crass, cheap, spammy money grab, just embarrassing. His little video where he says, you know, I hope I'm your favorite president ever, like better than Lincoln, better than Washington. I just don't even know where to start with the kind of mind that would say something like that. And then again, like I say, a couple of days, serious call for violence against the FBI, the Justice Department, the Democrats. It was just it was truly shocking. Even with him, it still shocked me. He's just an absolute sick, dangerous child, right? I mean, a genuine danger to our country. The survival of our system is an existential threat, as they say. I just cannot, I just, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. But the point is, how to keep from getting pulled down by that and sucked into that same tribalism because that's really the danger. The danger for the rest of us and for society is that we get pulled down and it makes us think in a similar sort of narrow tribal way. That's how that sort of thing spreads. That's what we need to fight against in ourselves and in others. So that's really the question. Um, how do you keep from getting pulled down by that? So I want to share a few thoughts and tips for that. Uh, if you've read Raise Your Game, you'll recognize them. <laughs> but it's still helpful reminders because the, uh, the triggers certainly don't stop coming. So the first one is point your attention elsewhere. I know it's easier said than done, but that is one really helpful thing to do. Just put your attention on things that say the opposite, that are about connection. Kids, friends, pets, the beauty of the season, all those things make you feel better, make you feel more optimistic and hopeful about people and about the world. So you just point your attention away from the stressor and put it on things that help you feel more connected. Again, it sounds simpler uh, than it is, but it is super, super effective. Uh, next tip is some sort of physical activity and exercise. Uh, Tony Robbins says something like your motion is your emotion. Your motion is your emotion. There's this powerful link between our physical activity, how we're holding ourselves, how we're moving, what we're doing, and our emotional state. There's really nothing better, I've found, more effective than moving and even breaking a little sweat, if you can, to reset things, to get your head back on track and make things look and feel better. It's kind of like magic. A third one is meditation, like, and not just kind of meditation, actual meditation where you're sitting and you are intentionally working to still your thoughts. I mean, there's a lot of benefits to that, but specifically as we're talking about here, it helps you interrupt that sort of obsessive, worrying thought loop, right? That's, that's hmm, how to describe it. That, kind of the uh, practical experience, the, the burden experience of being worried about things, is that your mind's just always going, 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 and it's negative stuff, and you get in this loop, and you think about it again, and you think about it again. 
It's exhausting. And it helps pull you into that sort of reactive, more primitive state. Eckhart Tolle had this beautiful way to speak about this. Uh, it's, it's always struck with me. Basically, he's talking about how that, what I just said, that just this thought, the thought loop in the book, I'll talk about it being stuck on level three, which is the intellectual level. It's exhausting. Even if they're positive thoughts, but generally they're not. They're negative thoughts. Just being in that realm all the time, thinking, 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 is inherently exhausting. And so he says there's two ways to get relief from that. Uh, one is, if you picture it on kind of a vertical scale, one is to go into a state that's below thought, less conscious, less engaged. So things like having a drink or watching TV, just zoning out in front of the tube. There's all kinds of things that you can think of as sort of lowering your conscious state. And there is genuine relief in that, right? It does get your attention away. It distracts you. It quiets your uh, thoughts in a way. But also, obviously, there are some costs in that. The other way is to go what he would call above thought, to go into a higher state where you just quiet your thoughts. And that's exactly what you do in a, a sitting sort of mindfulness meditation. You're just creating some space between you and those obsessive, unending thoughts. Just some actual quiet. Ah, you sit and you just say, nope, not thinking now, quiet. And it's quiet for a moment. A thought comes back up. You say, mm, nope, not now, just quiet. And that's it. And even just those slight little moments, those tiny moments where you're genuinely not thinking, it's such a relief. It's in a funny way. It reminds me of those, uh, like I think they're called inversion boards. I don't know. It's for people with back trouble. You lay on this board and you tip it up and you're upside down and it takes the pressure off. It, it uh, There's a particular word for that. But it releases the pressure of gravity on your spine and opens up a little space in there for things to flow and help you heal naturally. It's kind of like that. Um, just creating a little space, again, between you and your thoughts. It's such a relief when you're surrounded by all this negativity. So I encourage you to do that. If you haven't had a training, particular training in meditation, uh, you know, the, the section in the book on, uh, what's it called, focused sitting, that's the same activity, even more focused, actually more direct, uh, super helpful, helpful times like these. So those are my three main tips for giving yourself giving yourself some uh, ways to not get pulled down by all the crazy. So point your attention elsewhere, get some activity, and work on learning how to quiet your thoughts, meditation of some kind. One little clarification there on this point your attention away. You don't want to take it completely away. And it's tempting. Um, just turn the news off. Literally don't check ever, you know. Um, I get it. <laughs> but the reason I don't want you to take your attention completely away and just shut everything off because that's part of their plan. It's part of explicit part of the authoritarian handbook. It, it truly is. Just creates so much noise and tension and trouble and confusion that people tune things out. They turn it off. They stop paying attention. And now they're free to do what they want. Okay. So we have to stay vigilant. We have to stay 
engaged and paying attention, which makes it even more important for us to learn how to manage it. How can we continue to observe and pay attention and stay engaged without being so taken over by the negativity of it that it turns us into someone we don't want to be and we end up being part of the problem rather than part of the solution. I hope that makes sense. All right, that's our top stories this week. Uh, and by the way, let me just say, I'm supposed to always have a Tolstoy rating, like does this help us help serve or not serve humanity? The January 6th committee, uh, hands down, right? That's a beautiful service. It's going to take a while probably for us to really appreciate um, how important and helpful that has been, but that was a huge service and, uh, you know, genuine thanks to them for doing that. All right, next up, our quote of the week. All right, our quote of the week. This one comes from Franz Kafka, famous writer, turn of the 20th century. According to Wikipedia, he was widely regarded as one of the major figures of 20th century literature, 20th century literature. And his quote for us today is, anyone who keeps the ability to see beauty never grows old. Anyone who keeps the ability to see beauty never grows old. Oh, I love that. Partly, I suppose, because as I'm getting older, I'm looking for suggestions to keep from growing old. Uh, but I really think it's true. And it, this is one of the reasons, one of the many reasons, um, I'm grateful for having children, right? I mean, they help me keep the ability to see beauty. They're beautiful, seeing them grow. Uh, when they're younger, they're super tuned in to beauty. So they're always kind of reminding me of it, being all around. Basically, a non-stop beauty fest having kids. I'm just so glad we did that. Uh, also, a great quote for the holidays. Yes, it's a stressful time. As we've said, it's very natural to get stuck in that and not be present with people and not see the beauty. Feel sort of old and Scrooge-like. I think it's kind of funny, that association there. It's a humbug. Christmas is a humbug. <laughs> and I, I notice that feeling now and then, but there's also a lot of beauty in the season. Everywhere things to be had, right? The shows, music, the Christmas tree, the snow, and we have a perfect season like this, getting together with people. Um, you know, the things we do flash us back to when we're younger and we had that sense of beauty and awe about it. It really does keep us feeling alive and connected and energetic and young. It's lovely for me anyway. So that's this week's quote. Anyone who keeps the ability to see beauty never grows old. I really do feel that myself. So get out there, point your attention at the beauty all around you, uh, and enjoy feeling like a kid again. All right, next up, raise your outer game. All right, raise your outer game. This is where we talk about things we care about in our outer life, our health, our relationships, our finances. This week, we're talking about cardio health, heart health. Big disclaimer here, right? Uh, as you well know, I'm not a medical expert. <laughs> this is not medical advice. This is just me telling my personal story. Uh, check with your doctor, and seriously, I mean that. Check with your doctor before starting any new exercise program. So this is on my mind because uh, with this snow shoveling, the snow shovel, well, actually, it wasn't that it broke. Remember, I mentioned the snowblower broke. But 
the first snow we had, the one that stuck to everything, made everything so beautiful, um, it stuck because it was so wet. And it was so wet, and there was so much of it, the snowblower wouldn't work. It literally overpowered it. Uh, so I had to do it by hand, and it's super heavy, and I overdid it. And uh, I had a bit of a heart scare. It wasn't really a scare, but it felt like it might be a scare, and it really got me atten my attention. And it really reminded me how much progress I've made and how important this is. So I just wanted to share some of what I've done this last year, maybe make a few suggestions, things you might do in the new year. So just a quick reminder, I don't know if I've mentioned this or what detail I mentioned, but last April, uh, I had a heart stent placed. Uh, I had discovered I have some uh, congenital heart disease in my family. I'd also been doing a lot of the things you're not supposed to do to make that worse. Uh, I'd gained some weight and um, like a good amount over time. And I just discovered uh, one day I had some blockage. And uh, <laughs> I, over the years, um, I used to run more and more. I started running relatively late in life, like 40. And uh, the amount I could comfortably run on a typical day was getting shorter and shorter and shorter. It was down, like when I moved down here 10, 12 years ago, I was probably doing three miles pretty regularly, pretty easy. And uh, by the last, you know, maybe this time last year, I don't know, it was down to a mile and a half, a mile. I started to think, that's about all I can go. And of course, I'm getting older. And I thought, well, I'm just getting older. That must be it. But um, I went out one day after a bit of a stretch and uh, actually had some heart pain. Heart pain, first time ever. I thought, oh, it's just cold out. <laughs> this is last winter. And I went out the next day, same thing again. Hmm, maybe I should have it looked at. Went and got a stress test, major blockage, got a stent. And uh, then went into rehab. So that's the backstory that got me uh, focused on this. So here's, it's all fine, by the way. It's better than fine. But here's what I've done since. So I'd already kind of started a little bit before that time. But um, I got serious about a diet. I think I mentioned I used the Noom app. I was eating a ton of fat and cholesterol before. I was eating, I probably had three eggs a day, every single day. I was eating a ridiculous amount of fat and butter and cheese and all those things. And I was up, you know, my weight was definitely up. Um, since then, between the new Noom app and, and changing my diet, I'm down 25 pounds. It seems pretty solid. 25 pounds is a lot, right? I mean, that was uh, over, like it was like 15% of my body weight. So that's huge. Also, just the dietary help um, getting the fat down, getting the cholesterol down. That's helped a lot. I'm slowly built my cardio back up. Oh, and I've been going to the gym. So pretty regularly, like twice a week at the gym, twice a week running, very consistent with it, pretty much addicted to it now. And it's come back. It's great. My cardio, very slow, ramping that up. So I went to cardiac rehab for a while, and they're super cautious and slow. I went that for months, right? You're just walking a little bit, a little faster, a little faster. But right now, I can say uh, my overall health, uh, cardio health especially, is better than it's been for probably 20 years. No joke. Um, it's remarkable. And uh, it's not, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. It's just, you know, you do the, do the steps, no, no pun intended there, the steps of the effort over time, and it naturally will happen as long as the foundations are there to build on. So that's been really great.
that's what I have done, uh, the combination of the diet and the losing the weight and building back up the cardio. It's made a huge difference. So here's some suggestions, uh, lessons for me from that, and uh, hopefully they'll apply and you'll be able to do something with them. The first one is, uh, you know, I hate to say it because it sounds so cliche, but a New Year's fitness resolution. Build up your cardio. Seriously, um, it just makes a huge difference. Now, I will say I've done cardio always in the past, I, and I'm super pleased uh, with the feeling that's come from that. But I, I've talked about this, I know, even just a few weeks ago, but I think the strength training, I might even notice more. Obviously, they feed each other, but the gym stuff has just been so great for my sense of capability and quality of life. So maybe both, but I'm going to talk mostly about the cardio. So like I said, I'm going out twice a week. I got twice a week at the gym and twice a week running, and both of those for me take about a half hour. Uh, I know I'm fortunate to have that kind of flexibility in my schedule, and everybody does. But if you can make it work, you need to do it. Uh, and that's about how much time you probably need to do it, okay? Obviously, it doesn't have to be running. Um, a lot of ways to get some cardio going. Swim, if you have a pool in the area, biking. Not the greatest season for it, but season for it. But a lot of people have indoor bikes or health club. Um, you know, walking, hills, playing some sort of active sport. Uh, so winter, I guess you could do, you know, a lot of things you could still do indoors that got the heart going. But you got to get your pulse up into your target range. I'm not sure what the total, what the latest word is, but I want to say it's at least 10 to 15 minutes, ideally pretty close to 30, a couple times a week. Uh, there's no way around it. Yeah, that's what you have to do. You know that. Um, for some gear, uh, I'm not sure if you need all this stuff, but I really appreciate all of it. I have my Apple Watch to help me monitor my pulse. Of course, that's a little bit of a bigger thing for me because I have the hard thing to watch out for. Uh, the watch can do a bunch of stuff. Check your pulse, check your oxygen saturation, check your heart rate, like it, it, it checks for atrial fibrillation. Um, you might not need all those, but I like them because they give me that comfort. You know, as I build up a little more, a little more, a little more, you can start to get concerned, like with the snow shoveling thing. I really felt like I'd overdone it to the point where maybe I had, I'm risking something. So I'm watching all my stats and stuff, and everything's fine. Like, okay, I'm probably fine. I find that helpful. I have the Aura Ring also. That helps with uh, sleep tracking uh, and helps me track the calories because I'm still trying to watch my, my uh, intake. Um, I have a blood pressure cuff here at home. I don't use it all that much, but I, I should be doing it more. It's been so great for so many months now. I've kind of stopped worrying about it, but you got to keep track of that too. And it's a lot of stuff. I'm not saying you need it, but psychologically, it really helps me knowing, because you know, you can't always tell from your physical signs. Your body tells you confusing things. <laughs> but like a lot of times I'll check my, in the morning, I'll check my sleep the night before according to my ring. And uh, I'll think, uh, wasn't that great a night's sleep? And my ring will disagree. My ring will say, you're doing great. And uh, as the day progresses, I'll realize it was right. I feel fine. So I get a lot of help from that stuff. Just knowing I'm within the safe boundaries, things are on track, and I can keep going and keep pushing a little bit. But here's the big thing I would say. And again, maybe not news to you, but hopefully the uh, reminders are helpful. You got to make your plan to be sustainable. It's got to be something you can do and keep doing because that's really the key. 
I've been working actively on this now for about eight months. And uh, it was, was very slow going. Like I said, I started with the cardiac rehab and they are so cautious. And uh, at, at first I was kind of like, come on, can't we do more? But I actually ended up appreciating it. Um, number one, you know it's safe the whole time, right? There's no question. And number two, it gives you that confidence. You, you, you do it enough that you know that you're safe up to this level and you can go a little more and a little more and a little more. Uh, same thing with the gym. Started very low. I think I might have told this story before. Even maybe not quite slow enough. Uh, I got so sore a couple of times. But you take it super slow. The, the key is to do it and to think long term and expect to build it up over time. The most important thing is to find some level of activity you can do indefinitely. Not to get to a particular amount of weight or speed of running or anything else, but just a level that feels like it was. It made a difference. You can tell you did it, but you're not, like, so that's my standard for like the gym. I wanna work hard enough that the next day I can tell I went, but not that I'm limited by it. And that's what happened early on. I was so sore afterwards that I was actually limited from having done it. That's, that's, that's not good because then you won't keep doing it. And it kind of breaks the whole point. The point of going to the gym is to have your, your, your regular life outside of there be improved, right? But when I was so sore, it felt like the opposite. Um, so I dialed it back. I've got a nice, it's a good workout now. I always feel it, but I'm not slowed down by it. Same thing with the running. You want it to be enough work that you really feel like you did something. There were some times there maybe where you thought, oh, maybe I should stop or slow down, but it's not too much. And the next day you're fine. You want to be able to do that just indefinitely, right? Not just for a while, not just till I get to this weight or whatever. You got to stay with it. So start small, plan to do something over time. Um, and also, if, if your goals are too hard, uh, too uh, grand, or however you want to phrase that, that's just designed to kill your plan. A too difficult plan, a too audacious plan is designed to fail. Set your goals small and sustainable. Super important. Other thing I find very helpful is just have the mindset of it's an experiment. I don't know if this level is going to be where I'm, where I'm going to stay. I don't know if it's uh, sustainable. I don't know if it's too much. I'm going to do a little bit and see how it feels. And then, you know, a, a, a really important parallel, not a par partner to that idea, is some sort of ongoing tracking. So in an experiment, you've got to have some place to take notes and keep track of how things are going. So some sort of a journal a daily record, um, here's how it's going. Here's how it went yesterday, here's how I'm feeling today. Let's see what tomorrow looks like. And then that's where you evaluate your experiment. And you can, I can go back and look at my notes from going to the gym and it'd be like pretty clear, that was too much. What should we try instead? Let's try this for a few days, see how that goes. And then make a note. And they're just, they are essential pieces together. That idea that you're not making a firm, you don't need to know now what's going to work. You're just going to try some stuff. And you're also going to keep a place where you can evaluate that. So you can keep tweaking as you go forward. Another great idea, of course, not new, but working with somebody else is super helpful. I've never worked with a, like a trainer at the gym before. Um, and I just did that for a little bit for the first couple months just to get a, a baseline going. It was super helpful. 
uh, over time, some sort of accountability buddy, super helpful. Flip side of that is I would say, don't let not having one keep you from getting out there because that's kind of the risk too. Well, I'm going to go with such and such. They can't go. So I guess I won't go today. Got to find that balance. Um, if you don't have one, another reason you might want to join the charging station community. You can find people there, like-minded people trying to do similar stuff, and you can connect there. Um, obviously, not going to do the workout together, but at least you can talk to each other and support each other, and it really helps keep going. A basic concept, another one to think about, is you want to reduce the friction. You want to make it as easy as possible to do these things. Like I mentioned, um, it's great to have an accountability buddy, but you don't want to have someone that's unreliable, so that makes it harder for you to get out if you're waiting for them or they're not coming or whatever. You want to give your brain as few reasons not to do it as possible. So for me, um, we have a super small town, of course, but the gym's really close. Like it's five, it's a five-minute run. That's a perfect warm-up. So I just run five minutes. I go to that. I come back. It's easy to do. I don't have to bundle up and get in the car and drive across town. Um, all kinds of examples where the actual activity you choose to do, you want to be real specific about thinking about it and making sure there's not a lot of resistance, uh, complications to doing it, besides the resistance, the inner resistance you're going to feel to it. I'm not saying that very well, but hopefully, hopefully you know what I mean. Um, reduce the friction. Give yourself as few excuses as possible. It's going to be hard enough to just get over your internal resistance to doing it but you want to reduce the actual resistance to doing it as much as possible to make that easier. Um, another little thing I will say, um, if you are getting to be a certain age, what would I say that maybe 50 and up again, not medical advice, but it seems like what I've heard. Uh, and if there's any sort of risk factors in your family, my dad had heart disease. Uh, I'd, I'd recommend get a stress test based on my experience. I, like I said, I noticed that I was losing my, ability to run distances, but I didn't make the connection what that might mean. I just seemed like I was getting, getting older. That made sense to me. Um, I was kind of lucky. I didn't have a heart attack. I just kind of stumbled onto the fact that there was a problem there before it got, uh, before it caused any real harm. And uh, if I had done a, I went in for a stress test and they discovered the uh, blockage pretty much right away. <laughs> it was obvious. And here was the fascinating thing to me they saw clear signs of the blockage long before I experienced any heart pain, chest pain in that test. So the point is, you if you do have a condition, they probably could discover that long before you have any actual events, right? But if they had not discovered it, if they had not done that, I almost certainly would have had a heart attack and maybe even not too long. So stress test, uh, great idea. Talk to your doctor. One more little bonus tip. Um, maybe you've had this before. You set out for a New Year's resolution of some kind. And it's just like about the most common cliche there is. And we don't stay with it. <laughs> right? Um, if that's been your experience, if you hear me saying this and you think, yeah, but I won't stick with that again. And you haven't done the Raise Your Inner Game material. You might want to do that. Um, there is nothing better to break through those kinds, particular kinds of inner 
mechanisms that keep us from following through on things like this. There's nothing better to break through that than the razor and game material. So you might want to seriously think about that if you haven't done it already. If you have done it, count on that. Uh, work with that to help you push through the resistance you feel to doing that. Oh my goodness, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot more to say. I'm sorry I wasn't a little more super sharp, super sharp and articulate, but I hope it all made sense. And again, super clear here, this is just me, okay? Do not take any of this directly. You really should talk to a doctor first if you're starting something new, especially if you're getting older and have any risk factors. And even saying that, for me, all these years, you always hear that, talk to your doctor first. I'm like, I'm not going to go make an appointment and wait six weeks to see my doctor about going to the gym. I totally get that, but that's another piece of friction and a little internal resistance. Maybe you could do a hybrid. Maybe you could start super small. I'm just going to go for a walk on the treadmill or outside. It was not too cold for 15 minutes and work on that while I wait for that appointment. But you definitely want to talk to your doc. Okay. Again, if you're getting older, if you have any underlying risk factors. But there's definitely something you can do, and I'm sure it'll make a huge difference for you. Oh, my goodness. So that is our outer game discussion for the week. New Year's resolution, boost your cardio health. All right, next up, inner game gold. Inner game gold. These are the ideas and concepts I come back to over and over to help me stay on track. So this week, I want to talk about one of the quotes I put in the Raise Your Inner Game book. I close the pod with this now and then. Uh, also, it's in the book near the end of the book. It comes from Leo Tolstoy. And it says, the ultimate purpose in life is to serve humanity. You might even recognize that from the book or from the other pods. The ultimate purpose in life is to serve humanity. The only thing I would say about this right up front is to replace the word humanity with the people in our lives. The ultimate purpose in life is to serve the people in our lives. If you read the quote as needing to serve all of humanity, that can create some problems. But when you read it as serving the people in our lives, it's very helpful, at least to me. First of all, uh, that really is our purpose. It's literally what we're made for. It's what makes humanity work. Humans, you know, won the evolution game because of our cooperation. We're not strong as separate individuals. We're strong and we thrive as communities. It also feels better. When I'm focused on myself, it feels small and lonely and can feel sort of pointless. When I'm focused on serving others, it feels great. I feel like I'm helpful and appreciated and I'm making a difference. All the things we most want to feel about ourselves. So this idea, our ultimate purpose is to serve the people in our lives, just really helps me stay on track. And here's just a small example. I get tired, I get cranky, whatever. My natural impulse is to let that out, to whine, to complain a little bit. And uh, I feel that, you know, more often than I'd like to admit. But that's just all me, me, me. But when I step back and imagine how that's serving those around me, it's not. What serves them is to forget about my whiny complaints and focus on being present with them. Now you can take that too far and think you should never share your own struggles with anyone. 
That's not healthy. I'm not suggesting that. I just know that for me, there are a ton of little things that aren't real problems. They're just little annoyances. And then when I can get my attention off of them and back on those around me, it always feels better. So that's just one small example of the many ways this helps me. And I hope you find it helpful too. The ultimate purpose in life is to serve humanity slash the people in our lives. Leo Tolstoy, Inner Game Gold. All right, next up, our Charging Station Challenge of the Week. All right, Challenge of the Week. Last week, we had you practice the QBQ every day. I hope you tried that. It is surprisingly effective. And again, especially so in a high gravity period when there are a lot of things, little things, big things that pop up and pull you away from being the person you want to be. This week, it's Christmas. So I'm going to give you the same challenge I'm giving myself, which is to just keep some of my attention on my diet and exercise. It's super easy in a time like this to let things go and go so far that you end up feeling sort of bad about the whole thing, right? I don't want that. I want you to feel good about this holiday season. So enjoy it, relax, engage with all that, but keep a little attention on your food intake so you don't go too far with the big meals and doing something active so you end up feeling like it was all good. As always, I'll post that in the community if you want to do it along with others. Uh, If you're not in the community yet, click the link in the notes. It's free. Just register. You go straight into the challenge. And that's it for this week's Charging Station Challenge. Next up, highly recommended. All right, highly recommended. This is Things I'm Crazy About right now. Books, shows, gadgets, things I love and recommend. And it's a Christmas special. So we'll start with some movies and shows. Of course, the first one that comes to mind for me is Elf. Oh, my goodness. Do I love that show? We've seen it. We're pretty much watched it every year now. And I just love it. I'm sure you've seen it. If you haven't, go see it. There's no way you won't like that one. It won't you know, light you up with the Christmas spirit. <laughs> Another one uh, is a show, there's an old show back in the early 90s called Northern Exposure. And there's one particular episode called Soulmates, S-E-O-U-L, Korea, capital of Korea, Soulmates, South Korea, I should say. Uh, technically, it's season three, episode 10. I'll put it in the show notes. It's such a beautiful episode. We used to love that show anyway, just love it. But this is a particular story uh, a different sort of take on the whole Christmas spirit. Man, we just love it. Just love, love, love it. Highly recommended. It. It's hard to find. You, I'm not sure it streams anywhere. You might actually have to buy it. I'm not sure where you do that, but uh, boy, we love that. I flashed back to this book. We don't read uh, children's books together anymore. Of course, our kids are teenagers, but there's this one particular book called Great Joy by Kate D. Camille. Picture book, kids book. Oh my goodness, what a beautiful story. We would cry, no joke, every time. It was so bad back when the kids were young enough that we would all four be in bed together, Margaret and I and both kids reading our, our books at bedtime. Um, I couldn't finish. I would try, I would try. I'd have to hand the book off to Margaret. I could not get through it. Oh my God, it's beautiful. Again, link for all these in the show notes. But if you have kids that are young enough to be read to, oh, I could not recommend that one more. Great Joy by Kate D. Camille. A little Christmas music. 
of course the Charlie Brown music is just it. I'm just really struck with how much this just is Christmas for me. It's a combination of the Charlie Brown theme from Vince Guaraldi, um, also classic, the Bing Crosby White Christmas album. I just, it's just not Christmas without those for me. <laughs> not like I test it without them, but whatever, whenever it's time for Christmas music, if I'm anywhere else, those are just the ones. I mean, those are music for me for Christmas. There's a new addition in my Christmas favorites. It's a, a band called Him and Her. I think Him and Her, not He and Her. But anyway, Zoe Deschanel, famous actress, coincidentally from Elf. Um, she got a lovely voice, as you know, if you've seen Elf. She got this band, it's an indie band, kind of a, a quirky little indie band, but they just really, they have a Christmas album that's uh, just lovely. I mean, it's just, it's it's got the, something about the spirit of it, the overall vibe and uh, genuineness of it. Uh, it's become one of my new favorites also. That's in there. All right. Well, that is highly recommended <laughs> from me this week. And that's it for today's episode, our Christmas special. If you like what you heard, please do tell your friends and rate and review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps more people find the show and get a helpful mental game boost and build the community and just all that lovely stuff. Uh, if you like video, we post all our episodes on our YouTube channel as well, which you already know if you're watching this video. But if you're listening to the audio, there's a link to the YouTube channel uh, in the show notes there. For more mental game goodness, please join our free community, the Raise Your Inner Game Charging Station. Click the link here or go to raiseyourinnergame.com community. Totally free, and I think you really love that. If you'd like to support the show, so we can keep things ad-free, please click the Buy Me A Coffee link below. And thank you so much for that. And finally, we'll close this week with Steve Prefontaine, his quote from the end of the Raise Your Inner Game book. To give anything less than your best is to sacrifice your gift. To give anything less than your best is to sacrifice your gift. It's the season of giving, folks. And that's what we're doing. We're working to be our best. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And the world needs as much of it as it can get. So keep up the good work. Merry Christmas, seriously. And we'll see you next time.